Hello. Welcome to Conversation Matters. How can I help you? Oh, of course. May I see your prescription for a moment? Let's see. Social anxiety disorder? Alright. I do have a certified conversationalist available right now. Would you like to take something to drink in with you? Go ahead and take your prescription and go right through that door. I'll let him know that you're here and he'll be waiting for you.
let's compound that issue by talking to somebody who is a complete stranger that you have to interact with a uh, bus driver or a teacher or a counselor or an advisor or even going to the doctor's office. Like today, when you saw the receptionist out front, um, she sent you right back, right? Okay. She is a wonderful receptionist. I don't think I talk about her enough. She always brings me the people back here. And, you know, she is always on the job, going through all her paperwork. She does get a little too much overtime. I, I've got to talk to her about the overtime thing, you know. You know, I'm the boss, you know, I gotta, I gotta play the bad guy sometimes, you know. <laughs> I think she's, you know, just between me and you, I think she knows more and is more in charge than I am. She's kind of got her finger on all this stuff, you know, I'm just, you know, I just sit down and talk and BS my way through the conversation, you know, I really don't know Jack. No, I'm not an actual doctor. No, they don't train people to be doctors so they can sit in a room and talk to people all day. No. No, I'm at, actually, I'm an out-of-work out of uh, bowler. Yeah, I was uh, on the bowling circuit, and uh, I hurt my bowling thumb. Um, I, I, it got stuck in the ball, and it snapped, twisted my thumb almost completely off. But it popped right out of the hole just in time, you know, and the ball went down, and I, I got a strike. And I won the uh, Pan American Mid-Atlantic 45-55 uh, to 55, uh, you know, opens. I won that, yeah. And I was very, very proud of myself. And, uh, but I was, I had to retire. I announced my retirement. They handed me the trophy. They didn't have anything to say to the audience. I, the people back home. And I said, um, yeah, I'm, I think I'm, I think it's time for me to retire at the top of my game, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I was a bumper ball champion for quite a few years. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's something I'll always uh, cherish. You know, seeing the ball go down there and bouncing back and forth in the, between the padding and then finally hitting the pins. And, um, yeah, we used to play blind man uh, bowling. You know, we put up uh, the birdcage, yeah. We used to put the um, blindfolds on and then we'd wheel the ball down and then hit the bumpers and stuff. And then you just got whatever pins you got. And, um... To be quite honest, we actually usually did better blindfolded with the bumper ball than we did actually trying to aim the ball down the center. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Oh, I know. I used to go to bowling when I was a kid, and I was a terrible bowler. And what's your lowest score? Come on, tell me. Come on. Oh, I got you beat. I actually got a 57 once. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm serious, swear to God. I swear on my kids' heads. I don't know where they are right now, but I swear on my kids' heads. Um, 57, yeah. Yeah, pins. That's in, and I even, they even let me pull the bonus <laughs> frame at the end. Oh, God, it was so embarrassing. Uh, yeah, I got a strike on that last one, so that, that, that would have been 47 or something. I don't know, something. I don't know. They, I think they just put down the number to make me feel better, but, you know. I think the guy actually kicked the pins over down there to, so I wouldn't cry, but I don't know. He was a nice guy. He really was. Yeah. Yeah. Was, I'm working all over the place, but back to you. 
most strenuous situation, unless they brought their own shoes, that might help, uh, and their own bowl. Well, if you had your own bowl, you'd have your own shoes, wouldn't you? But then you're, like, sitting beside somebody at the table trying to keep score, and, you know, you don't know how to keep score. You just said, I'll keep score. And you thought, you know, I'll just be the scorekeeper. Nobody will notice, but the scorekeeper has to bowl, too. So that's a surprise. And then they finally realize you've never bowled before, and you don't even know how to keep score. So everybody's like, uh, what? who invited this idiot to the bowling alley? So then, you know, you just go and sit, sit in the lounge, you know, and they have a usually a pretty nice lounge, um, at the bowling alley, uh, they all have nice bars, you know, I've, I've noticed that, it, there's a big thing there, um, you know, you got your bowling alleys, and then you got your pool tables, you got your video game, you know, arcade games, and skee-ball, and, um, you know, air hockey, but almost every bar you've ever been in, you know I'm right, has this, uh, a nice kitchen, and they serve bar food, and they've got a pretty big-ass bar, and you're like, there's nobody sitting there. Well, after the tournaments, they're all sitting there, believe me, loading up, you know, having a couple beers. So you're sitting over at the bar by yourself. There might be one guy sitting there going like, hey, so what's up? And you're like, oh, my God. I'm just getting a drink. I want to go back to bowling, you know. So, yeah, it can it can affect everybody. You know, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I, um, it's hard because you grow up and you have friends that are really close to you. Really? That happened to you too? Oh, yeah, moving is a pain in the ass. I was very fortunate. I was one of the lucky ones. I got to go to the same school from kindergarten until I graduated. It was like being in state penitentiary for uh, 18 years. <laughs> no, 13. 18 years I had you there, didn't I? Well, I was 18 when I graduated, but I wasn't in high school for 18. It was really 13, you know. I know it's only 12 grades, but um, well, I, I graduated in 12, yeah. Maybe it was... Well, I graduated early, but I say 13 because, you know, I count, uh, you know, a nursery school, you know, and then kindergarten. And then, you know, I had that uh, uh, wedding problem, and they helped me back that one year. Oh, Mom, why? But, yeah, I, I know I'm serious. I'm just joking. I'm, just, I, I'm seriously just joking. I, I didn't have a, a, a wedding problem. Um, I, I, I was a good student. I really was. I was, um, I think, uh, 59 out of 150 students. You know, I was real close to the top of the class. Top third, anyway, you know. <laughs> I know it's funny, isn't it? Well, you're talking to me just fine, so... What's the disconnect? Why is it so weird if you're talking to me to go out and talk to somebody in public? Okay, I understand. Um, okay. Yeah. No, I'm listening. Go ahead. No, I'm listening. Alright. Um, I think that's actually a problem because, and I'm being serious, uh, you're, you're not interacting with people enough. So when you do, you get nervous about it because, you know, you think you're smelly or your hair's not right or uh, your clothes don't match or, you know, you're not dressed like everybody else. Okay, so we're going to stop right there and we're going to start talking about why you're making it worse by not hanging out with people.
And then, you know, you feel good. You feel sharp. You know, you don't feel like... 
yeah, that's real important to put your pants on before you come out. I didn't think I had to tell you that part, but so I screwed up there. But uh, I, I just, uh, I still want to be there for you. You know, even though it's just that I'm helping you because you have a prescription, and uh, I want to get you through this hard time in your life. You can gain a lot by companionship. And I know you think there's nobody out there for you. I know you think nobody loves you. No girl could ever like you. I know you think that, you know, you know you're not a pretty girl. You're not uh, desirable. That nobody would want to date you. And that's totally not true. There is, I believe me, there is somebody out there for everyone. And even if it's not a lifelong companion, a husband or a wife, yeah, there's still lifelong friends and companionship out there. If you don't think that there's somebody out there for everybody, you have never met my brother, and he was the biggest schlep. And he still got a woman. I mean, ooh, we figured it was one in, one in a billion chance of him getting a woman, and he's had like uh, two or three so far. That's pretty good. I mean, you know, who, what are the chances of somebody finding one billionth partner three times? And I know you might think I'm joking, but I am telling you the guy was a schlep. So don't, you know, he, you've got it made. Look at you. You know, you've got a, uh, you've got the career. You've got the job. You've got the education. You've got the looks. You're just unsure of yourself. And you got to put yourself out there. You know, you got to go out and hit the dance floor. You've got to, um, yeah, dance. You, you don't like dancing. Well, dancing's easy. You can take it. You know what? That's a great way to get over social anxiety disorder. You sign up for a dance class. I'm serious. You think I'm joking? Oh, my God. Now, you're paying for this, so you have to attend because you're actually going to lose money if you don't go. So you go to a dance class, and you uh, they have to talk to you. They have to hold your hand. They have to interact with you. They have to teach you how to dance. Dancing is the easiest way in the world to get over social anxiety disorder. I am not making this up. Karate classes also. I'd say taking a karate martial arts class or taking a dance class are the two easiest ways to get over social problems. Because you have to interact with somebody. They're, you're paying them to help you. You're paying them to spar with you, show you how to make uh, the karate moves, showing you how to do the kata forms, you know, that, that are like dance routines, and they have to correct you, and they have to talk to you, and you have to talk to them, and you have to help each other, and you have to get to know everybody, and you have to stand in line and teach you discipline. And the other thing about dancing is whether you believe it or not, dancing and martial arts are very similar. They are taught in very similar ways. They teach you the basics, then they build you up. And as you get more lift, and you get more agile, and you get more um, sh sure of yourself, because what you're doing is you're learning what's called muscle memory. You're teaching your muscles to perform and act in a certain way. And as you do that over and over and over again, you become astute at this practice, but your body becomes more comfortable around people. So when you're around people, you're not all nervous, ball of nerves and 
sports moves in public. You know, like if you were to do a display for the class to help promote the school. They're not going to take you unless you're sure of yourself. And they're not going to take you and put you in harm's way. They're not going to embarrass you. They're going to make you look good. And your body will respond to the interaction with the people. And I know you think, well, it's all in my mind. To a degree, it is all in your mind. But a lot of it is your body reacting to what your mind says. And your body freezes up and you're no good to anybody. But if you can learn to interact with people and dance and stuff. Okay, you're at the, you're at the uh, school dance or you're at a job interview. Same thing. You walk in. You get the tempo. You get the music in your head. You get the beat. You pick it up. You know, you, you're putting it down, man. You get that beat in your head. And you calm your heart. You calm your mind. You walk right in and you be yourself. That's the thing about dance. It brings you out of that shell. And the teacher will say, well, you're not good at this kind of dance. But you are absolutely awesome at this kind of dance. And your karate teacher will be the same way. You know, you can't do these certain kind of kicks. You're not the greatest at it. But you are fantastic at ground movement. Or you're fantastic at your punching. Your hand speed's great. You know, your discipline is fantastic. Your memory is really good. And they can teach you all these things, you know. They can teach you, you know, you're a bigger guy. You're a great partner for the smaller girls because you can pick them up. They're confident. They're, you're not going to drop them. They trust you. Um, there you go. You've got the trust between you and a, and a female. And they're not afraid to dance with you because they know you're not going to step on their feet. You're not going to hurt them. You're not going to drop them. You're not going to let them go when they go into a pose. And, uh, that could be, like, so life-altering for you. So that's two good suggestions on how to get around being nervous and scared all the time about your social inadequacies. And they're inadequacies that you have created. Nobody starts out being afraid to go to the bowling alley or go play with their friends or go to the movies. You've done this to yourself, and you can undo it because human beings are like that. They're smart. They're cunning. They're intelligent. You know you can outthink yourself on this. You're better than that. And I really believe that. I really do. I could see you out there learning some new thing like dance, karate, you know, jujitsu, and becoming a teacher, becoming somebody that uh, people would actually respect and listen to. And you think, oh, no way, I don't even know how. And you're telling me I could teach. Because your heart's in the right place. You don't want to present yourself poorly. You want to present yourself in a genuine, good way. You want to be accepted as a good person. And because of this, you think you're inadequate. And if you learn these things, if you're told over and over again that you're good at it, that you're learning, that you're getting better at it, then you are adequate, aren't you? Then you are good enough. Then you are okay. There's nothing wrong with you. And that's what people need. They need that interaction. They need that opportunity to be told and to learn that they are more than just another person. They have achievements. They have worth. And they have a purpose. And there's nothing wrong with ballroom dancing or learning modern dance or learning anything. There's 
there's no shame in it. It's 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 very masculine to be a good dancer. Some of the greatest lovers in the movies were fantastic dancers. But anyway, uh, you should never give up on your dreams because you are somebody special. And the fact that you recognize you have a problem makes you even more special because you know it's not right. You know it's wrong to have these feelings and to feel this way and to be scared and locked up like this. And you don't want to be this way. You know you want help. You know you want to improve your life. And you know you want things to change. So don't be afraid to do that. That's what makes you different. It's not that you're awkward. It's not that you're funny or silly or nobody wants to be around you. The thing that makes you different is you recognize that you have to improve yourself as a human being. That you need to improve. And you want to improve. You want this to go away. And the surefire, easiest way for this to go away is to get up and get out that door and do something. Even if it's going and saying hi to people at the store. Go right into Walmart. That guy has to say hi to you. Hello? Hello? Say hi back. Hi. 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 How's it going today? Good day today. How's work going? Yeah. Alright, thanks. Say hello to the checkout girl. Say hello to the people putting the, you know, stocking the shelves. Go up to the uh, butcher counter and you have to talk to the guy because you want him to make a special cut. And, uh, you know, on and on go to the bakery and request certain items. You have to interact. And you'll find out that you're just like everybody else. You're just, you're just awkward. You're just scared right now. You think you're different, but you're not. You're just like everyone else. And you're just as deserving of help and opportunity as everyone else. So don't give up on you, okay? Alright. Now, I don't normally do this, but I like to shake hands with you. Okay. Thank you for coming today for this silly, stupid conversation. I know it's prescribed and I had to sit down with you, but I would love to sit down with you again. I think you should take up the opportunity for a refill on that prescription and come back next week, same time. And I'll be here to give you another silly conversation about some silly social problem that we all have as human beings. And we all have them. Everybody has social issues. Just some people are more cognizant and aware of it than others. That's right. Even I have problems with it. And I'm proud of you. I really am. You've come a long way today. Let me know what you do in the week ahead. And I'll see you next week. Okay? Alright. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for ASMR Tirar de Cuello. Please take a moment to rate and review this podcast. If you are interested in additional ASMR content, you may view our library of videos at youtube.com slash The theme song, Atlantis, is by Jason Shaw of audionautics.com and is used by permission. Correspondence, including questions or requests, may be sent to tirardejuego at gmail.com. On behalf of Dr. Andrew Michaels, thank you.